our LSU. Boom! All night long. Yes. Let's freaking go. C.J. Daniels has committed. Liberty Flames, are you kidding me? I'm looking at you right now. I need you in the live chat or in the comment section right now. Who will lead LSU in receiving yards next season? I need your help because this is something pretty unprecedented that going to happen next year unless Chris Hilton or Aaron Anderson or Shelton Sampson or someone else knows something about it. LSU has mostly been a position at wide receiver where they've not needed transfer portal guys. And guess what happened? They are looking at a situation where Kyron Lacey, who's a former transfer from a few years ago, then you have Javion Thomas who's going to come in. He had 40 catches last season. And then you have C.J. Daniels, and I have one advanced statistic to share with you when it comes to C.J. Daniels, and this is why you come to me, baby. This is why you come get the real, and I mean the real, PHL knowledge right here, okay? C.J. Daniels led a statistic that Malik Neighbors has dominated in over the past couple of seasons, and it's called yards per route run, okay? Basically, is how many yards do you gain divided by the amount of routes you run throughout the course of the season? And C.J. Daniels was number one in this statistic, according to SEC StatCat. Number one, and I understand, it's Liberty. I understand. I've already done a full evaluation on him. And there will be a video breakdown on Patreon later this week. Been dealing with some treacherous, icy weather uh, where I am. So it's been tough with the internet and all that stuff. But what I would tell you is I went through and I looked at a few of his games. And it looked good. It really looked good. And you guys know this. When it comes to wide receivers, I grade harder than all the other positions. So... For me, after looking at him a good bit from this past season, if I were to grade him on a scale of 1 to 10, I would have him around a 7-ish. And once again, I grade really hard at wide receiver. So let me know. Do you believe C.J. Daniels will be the number one wide receiver on LSU's team next year? I'll give you a Cliff Notes version of what I went through. I, I went through and looked at every offensive snap during the Oregon game. And there were times when his really good quarterback, Caden Salter, would miss him. There was an early touchdown where there was an overthrow. But C.J. Daniels also had a pretty bad drop, and he had a fumble at the end of that game. The good news is that was a game where Liberty had to step up in competition, and Oregon was a really good team. Oregon probably would have gone 8-4 and four in the SEC last year, 9-3. and three. So, look, that's good. We'll see how he does next year. Obviously, he is a year five player. So 2020, um, 2021, 2022, 2023, and now 2024. So 
he is a very experienced guy, and I think they wanted to get one adult in the room. That's not to say that there aren't other adults in the room, but I think that they wanted someone that's a little bit more experienced because the room overall next year is going to be very inexperienced in terms of production. So, of course, you're in a situation right now. You take a look at the poll question. The three wide receivers we have listed are all transfers. You have Kyron Lacey, obviously, Xavier Thomas, and C.J. Daniels. If you pick other, that means you're predicting that one of the incumbent LSU wide receivers is going to lead the way. So, pretty excited about that. We say hi to Sean. We say hi to L.A. Mom. Uh, Tony the Tiger, I saw Blaine in here a little bit earlier. Don't forget, if we get to a hundo in Super Chats, guys, I'm really going to need you here. We are giving out more of these Jaden Daniels full-size 8 by 11 prints. These look really freaking good in your room. Um, let's give this one out uh, tonight right here. Absolutely love this print. Right here. And uh, pretty pumped up about that. Now, next thing. Because this has been a very popular topic in the Discord. Okay. And we're going to get to all your questions tonight. The LSU women's basketball team. Their ugliest showing, of course, since they lost and got blown out by Colorado. Is this a cause for concern? I would say no. I won't spend too much time on this during this early portion, but today was really bad. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way around it. That team wasn't that good, but the atmosphere, the environment, it can be exhausting if you're treated like the Beatles uh, everywhere you go and your target is on your back. But the truth is there was a lack of intensity. They won the loose ball battle. And some of your best players did not have their best day, but it wasn't the best coach game either. Okay. I trust you, Kim Mulkey's the best coach in, in the sport and one of the best coaches in all of sports. That staff is really good, but there was a lot of questionable decisions. I don't think that that's entirely on the staff, it's not entirely on the players. It was just not good enough. And you do tip your hat to Auburn. And of course, LSU men's basketball fought valiantly uh, last night as well. Um, but still, okay, so, or or whatever. But I'm going to stick to football for now. I want to get into the next topic, the coaching staff. The reason why I have not talked a whole lot about the coaching staff towards the beginning of this, and I really won't today because I do want this to be a little bit more player-focused, is it's getting exhausting. <laughs> you know, coaching staff conversations just continue and they continue and they continue. Okay. Um, will it be Corey Raymond as the defensive backs coach? We'll see. I will also tell you this. Uh, I'll give you one name that has, you know, made the headlines recently and it would make a lot of sense is Carl Scott of the Seattle Seahawks who formerly coached DBs at Alabama. Um, I think that would make some sense because there is a head coaching transition happening in Seattle. So he could be looking for a new job uh, pretty soon anyway. And obviously, Carl Scott is a big-time defensive back coach. If you coach DBs under Saban, uh, that's 
the highest honor you can have as a defensive backs coach is coaching DBs for the man who changed modern coverages throughout the sport. So I would definitely be open to that, and he would be pretty high on my list. And also who gets what responsibilities defensively will be interesting. Then, of course, we have to see what the final verdict is going to be at the offensive coordinator position. Is Joe Sloan going to be the guy, or would Brian Kelly do something pretty radical? Tommy Reese will be available soon. I don't think Kalen DeBoer would keep Tommy Reese and not bring in Ryan Grubb because Ryan Grubb did not get the Washington head coaching job. Washington went and hired Jed Fish, so Ryan Grubb is probably going to be the offensive coordinator, and Tommy Reese is going to be available. Obviously, Brian Kelly loves Tommy Reese, okay? I think if LSU is even contemplating this, this would be pretty radical. And Brian Kelly, if he wanted to do this, is going to play this very close to the vest. I, and for some reason, Brian Kelly was watching this right now. I would not do that. I just wouldn't. I understand Tommy Reese had some really good moments with this Alabama Crimson Tide team, but it's, I, I doubt he's contemplating that because freaking Joe Sloan has crushed it um, the, this this past year and a half. He's been one of the best LSU quarterback coaches, especially early in his career. Um, I think he deserves this opportunity, even though he has one game of Power 5 experience as a um, offensive coordinator. He sat in the chair next to Mike Dimbrock. He should be officially the offensive coordinator alongside Cortez Hankton, and that should be where they go. Now, once again, I've gotten a lot of messages recently after what happened last week with the Blake Baker situation, okay, and what happened on this channel last week with the Blake Baker situation. Once again, anything I say, unless I'm telling you straight up, kind of like with the Baker thing, this this is just me just bringing it up because it's out there. I mean, Tommy Reese is about to be unemployed, and he is well-respected. Obviously, anybody that is that young and Nick Saban gets you to call the offense, well, that's just how it's going to be, okay? So uh, there you go. So Tommy Reese went to Georgia. Is that what happened? Uh, let me see. I, I guess I, I guess I missed this. I guess I was watching too much NFL earlier. Uh, I, I don't don't know. Uh, it's just a rumor. I'm seeing it now. Okay, but why would he? Why would he go to Georgia? That doesn't make any sense. He wouldn't call the plays. I don't think he's just going somewhere to be demoted. I understand there's not going to be a whole lot of OC jobs opening up, but I do think there would be a lot of schools that would fire their OC even this late in the process to, to, to go get them. Okay, so we'll see. Now, next thing. All right, I'm going to do something I normally don't do on this channel. I'm just going to do it, and sometimes you got to be bold. I know you come here for LSU discussion and sometimes SEC discussion and sometimes other discussion, but I have had it up to here, okay, up to here. 
with the New Orleans Saints. Up to here. Now, I love the NFL, starting an NFL channel pretty soon. Um, and I love watching the playoffs. I just do. Okay. What has dominated throughout the playoffs up to this point? Really good play callers. Really good play callers. Okay. And mostly offensive coaches. I understand D'Amico Ryan's looked really good. They also have Bobby Slowick. All right. The Saints are going to run it back. They are going to run it back with Pete Carmichael, who has proven to you, proven to you to be bad. You're going to run it back with Derek Carr. And here's the thing. The Saints were battling for that seventh seed with the Green Bay Packers. They were battling tooth and nail. They were right there. How close do you think that New Orleans Saints team is to that Green Bay Packers team you watch today? They're not close at all. They're not close at all. But what do the Packers have? Young quarterback, young offensive coach. What do the Saints have? Wash rag quarterback and a head coaching uh, guy who is 30 games under 500. Career as a head coach. But the Saints said, you know what? We need to run it back. We need to bring them back. Had it up to here. Have it up to here. Okay. It's crazy. It's crazy. Decided to simper. Kedrick says, I do not want Tommy Reese. Todd says, it's being reported that Tommy Reese has been hired as a co-offensive coordinator at Georgia. Okay. Well, you tell me. Um, I, I've not seen it. Okay. I, I just don't see it. Oh, uh, that's, I don't think that that's true. It's a parody account that's been putting it out there. Y'all have really got to vet your stuff. You've really got to vet your stuff. Okay. If that was out there, you, you would know that that was happening. Okay. So that's why you got to be skeptical of everything you read. Okay. So, Todd, who you copied and pasted uh, that, that status from, I just looked, and you can see, just got to go to the profile, parody, okay? And that's how the rumor started. It doesn't make sense him going to Georgia. The only way that would make sense would be Kirby Smart sticking it to a rival. He's already done that with the defensive backs coach. I loved the defensive back coach that they got, Tavares Robinson. Um, and that was a really good, that was a really good job by Curry. But that's not here nor there. Okay. Dalton says, hey Carter, you gotta show some love to Chris Hilton. All right. Uh 
Let's see. Uh, what are we giving out for our first $20 super chat? Let's give this out right here. First $20 super chat. We're going to give out a BTJ card. Okay. There you go. Next thing. If you are watching this on Facebook, please, please um, share this account. Um, yes, Kevin Peoples, it is official. He is going to LSU. All right. I want this to be clear as well. LSU is not going to do a press conference until all the coaches are hired, unless this takes forever to get a DB coach. Okay. Um, I think that's why you've not had, you know, that the, the Blake Baker conference just yet. Okay. Now, if it was a head coach, they would have just already done it. But um, at this point, I I think um, I think Kevin Peoples will coach a defensive ends. Now in college he played linebacker, but he's been mostly a defensive line coach. He obviously has a lot of SEC experience, and this might just be very small sample size. But he was a defensive line coach at Arkansas for those great Arkansas 2010 and 2011 teams. Okay, you remember the one. Uh, that, that beat us in Little Rock to go to the Sugar Bowl. And they were the ones that that we killed in, in 2011, but they were the number three ranked team in the country. And then, of course, in Missouri, Missouri's uh, front was really good this year. And they set the edge. Now, this is what some of you probably feel. McCarter, look, we paid Bo Davis all this money. Okay, to be our defensive line coach, and he's only going to coach potentially the tackles. Yeah, that's fine with me. All right. There's more to being a defensive line coach than just coaching the tackles per se. Okay. Even if that is your only responsibility when it comes to coaching, it's also gives him more freedom to recruit. And playing defensive tackle is. Radically different than playing defensive end. So could Kevin Peoples coach somewhere else? Yeah, he also has uh, some special teams experience coaching as well. But one thing I like about the guys that they've brought in up to this point is the experience. Lots of good experience. Okay. Um, You look at the last staff that LSU had defensively. It was a lot of bad experience. Guys that had years of service, but they they didn't have success, right? Um, you know, Robert Steeples didn't really have much experience, but the others, Cooks, had a lot of experience. Oklahoma didn't really like him as a DB's coach. They really, they really didn't. Um, they had a lot of top talent, and their secondaries were regularly bad. It's not entirely on him. Uh, you guys know Madhouse, not really been that good of a defensive coordinator before he got to LSU. And then, of course, on the defensive front, Jamar Kane was your best coach, maybe on the entire staff. He was really that good um, and that well-respected. And there was a parting of ways there, and 
Well, you didn't have a defensive line coach essentially this past season. So now you get Kevin Peoples, who has been very successful. Bo Davis has been almost as uh, as successful as you could be as a defensive line coach. And now Blake Baker, one of the best linebacker coaches in his one year at LSU. He was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And at Missouri, he was fantastic as well. So I like getting experience from people who have actually been good. Okay. Pretty excited about that. Pretty freaking excited. I don't know what Jancic's role uh, specifically is going to be now, but he is being retained. Okay, Todd, please keep the language clean. Please. All right. I, I'm, I'm a little bit more uh, disappointed than that. Please. I know occasionally I'll, I'll say a bad word, but try to keep the cussing to to minimum. Okay. Uh, keep Sloan and Hankton as the OC, OC combo. Okay. All right. Oh, Rob, the NFL's actually been really good. I, I've thoroughly, even though they've been blowouts, uh, these playoff games have been entertaining. Anytime the Cowboys in the playoffs are in the mix, it's just, there's there's really, really nothing quite like that in all of football. Okay. Destin says not having a DB coach might cost us some of these Bama DBs in the portal. Uh, the opposite might actually be true with this. So some patience is uh, is required. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I I think sometimes what, what we lose about transfers, okay, is we, we tend to think every transfer is going to be good. Okay, we had up to this point one class where all our transfer DBs were good, and then the next class where all our transfer DBs weren't that good outside of a few. Okay. Like for me at this point, when it comes to transfer portal DBs, I know I put it out there that Amarion Walker would interest me, the transfer portal DB from Ponchatoula, who's been at Michigan these past couple of seasons. I'm open to that, but I kind of want the next transfer DB to be someone who's played. Okay. We brought in a lot of transfer DBs. They really have a combined, not really a whole lot of snaps <laughs> uh, the, 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 from last year. Okay, Jordan Gilbert's played a lot, but he played two games last year before he got hurt. Okay. Uh, so keep, uh, keep, keep that uh, in mind, all right? We say hi to Lance. Welcome, Lance. Good to see you. Is, are, are we at the, the Rainforest Cafe here? What's going on? That's great, man. Uh, and it's 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 okay. It's okay to um it's 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 okay to drop a, a curse word every now and then, but just just keep it as clean as possible. We do have kiddos watching. I, I drop an occasional S bomb, A bomb, all that good stuff. All right. Now let's go to Desmond, one of the biggest supporters of PHL over this season. 
He says, Carter, I just got on and read through the comments. Is Tommy Reese unemployed? I don't want him at LSU. Okay. I don't know if LSU, and I, I want this to be clear. I don't know if there's interest from Brian Kelly to Tommy Reese. I just don't. But he is about to be out of a job. I don't think he would be retained unless Ryan Grubb was hired as a head coach at Washington. He was not. So Ryan Grubb needs a job. All right. Ryan Grubb's coach went to Alabama and they were very successful at Washington. So Grubb is likely to be the offensive coordinator in Alabama, leaving Tommy Reese just out there. Okay. The likelihood that Tommy Reese is not an offensive coordinator somewhere next season is small. There is going to be some program that will push whoever their guy is to the side for him to be the OC. I do not want that to be ours. And I'm just saying there's nobody that has a closer relationship with Tommy Reese and Brian Kelly Tommy Reese owes his career to Brian Kelly. So I would be open to him joining the staff, obviously. He's a, a coach um, that talented. And I was kind of on the fence about Tommy Reese being the Alabama OC. But after uh, s- some deeper detail or a deeper dive, I mean, he was okay when he was without BK and with Marcus Freeman for um, that one season. So, yeah, I, I, do, I don't know what's going to happen there. I really don't. I really, really, really don't. Okay. Once again, Tommy Reese and Georgia, I do not believe that is a thing. Nobody reputable is, is, is tweeted that out. Okay. Okay. It's, uh, I, could it happen? Yes. Would that be something Kirby would do? Yes. Picking up saving scraps. He's already done that once. Just be very careful. Okay. Do not trust that unless that's reported by someone that is truly national. Okay. Now, let me be clear. Local sites and people do not break stories as much as the national guys do. They just don't. Some are really good at it. Okay. Some are really, really good at it. But more often than not, the national guys get it out there. Sometimes local guys will have it, but they won't run it until a national guy reports it. Um you know we'll see. Just be careful, okay? Desmond, thank you so much for our first Super Chat of the evening. I really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Cash apps are always preferred. Um, And that's why I'm here. I had to do a PHL meetup to celebrate Saban retiring. Now... Next thing I want to get into, all right, is Garrett Nussmeyer. What does he think about C.J. Daniels? He's obviously really freaking excited about it. 
at this point, I would consider Kyron Lacey as the leading candidate to be the leading receiver for LSU next season. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit more about CJ. Great jump ball receiver, had an amazing jump ball catch versus um, New Mexico State. Okay. Up and down game versus Oregon. I I I do like him though. I do do I think he can play in the SEC? Once again, it's very early, but I do think so. I will say though that a lot of you are a little bit worried about transfer receivers. Okay. They have mostly not worked out at LSU. They just haven't. Um there's a lot of different reasons why that's the case. But more often than not, your best receivers at LSU have been the guys that are from Louisiana and they are at LSU from the get-go. Okay? So if that's the case, your most likely candidate to lead LSU in receiving next season is Chris Hilton. Okay? As you guys know, I love Chris Hilton. There's nobody I want to lead LSU in receiving more than him. He is the true definition of wanting it to work out at LSU because you could have transferred and started and probably caught 30, 40 balls on a lot of SEC teams, a lot of Power 5 teams. But he stuck it out, and he absolutely dominated that bowl game in the second half. Um, But will we see more of that? That was the first great game we saw from him versus a Power 5 team. I'm really excited, though. I'm really excited that things started to take a turn for him in this game versus Wisconsin. So, we'll see. Everybody, welcome Catherine to the channel. Who do you think will be LSU's DB coach after it's all said and done? At this point, Catherine, I'm done guessing. I am. I I understand that uh, uh, you want me to have the answer. Um, Corey Raymond's obviously in the mix there. Carl Scott's obviously in the mix there. I think LSU wants to make an announcement pretty soon. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but there, there's a lot of pros and cons for, for both of them. I do think there is nobody that wants this job more than Corey Raymond, though. Okay? I'll tell you that. Cliff uh, wants to chat some Aaron Anderson. I'm down to do that. Maybe Aaron needed a year of seasoning before taking a year three jump. Maybe that is the case. You know, there is a lot working against him, though. The first is injury history. Okay, he has been more injured than not injured uh, during the course of his career. And he's had a lot of knee problems especially at a position like like wide receiver, knee issues often red flag for me more than anything else. Okay? Because if you constantly have knee problems, you begin to think that the explosion fades. And it looked at times last season that Aaron didn't have the explosiveness that a lot of people thought he, he had. Um you know, the punt return situation, I have no idea what happened with that. He fumbled one 
versus Florida State. I would have loved to have seen him get another shot, but we didn't really stop anyone, so there wasn't really a whole lot of punt return opportunities. And, you know, at, at wide receiver, he would have a tendency to run the wrong play. Um, and that's, you know, very, very basic. You know, you, in order to play, you need to run the play. Um, but he's obviously very talented. He's one of the best car wide receivers ever. And uh, and and we'll, we'll see if it works out for him next year. He's going to be unfreaking believably competitive. Okay. And that's the thing, Mac. Does he have the elite speed? You know, for me, uh, the one thing you can say if you were debating who is going to emerge next season out of Chris Hilton and Aaron Anderson, well, there's two things very much in favor of Chris Hilton. The first is who has had a better career at LSU up to this point? It's been Chris Hilton, okay? Not by a whole lot, but he's been better. And the second thing is who is more explosive? Chris Hilton's the fastest receiver on this team. That's basically been the case for years now, okay? Um, But one thing we can say with near certainty is, you know, ever since 2019 LSU, there's always been an X receiver, right? 2019 LSU, that's over. The very next season, first game of the year, you have Terrace Marshall. Second game, Terrace Marshall, elite. Terrace Marshall opts out. Kayshawn Booty, right from the get-go, clear alpha number one transcendent player. Kayshawn fades. Right then and there is Malik Neighbors, okay? Then Brian Thomas Jr. This will be, for me, the first year that it's not clear that there is an alpha, okay? But I think Kyron, just based on what I've heard in practices and what we've seen in games up to this point, Kyron's going to be the guy. Next thing I would say, though, is... We have seen enough elite play from Garrett Nussmeyer to think that it may not matter as much who the wide receiver is. And that Garrett could just be a very, very, very special thrower of the football. And that is in the cards. It it, it really can be. Now, obviously, with a quarterback like Garrett, the need for having elite receivers is more important than it is for someone like a, like a Jaden Daniels because Jaden can – make a lot more out of nothing if all the receivers are covered. But, I mean, like, Garrett's got some of this Matthew Stafford to him. You know, right before this live stream began, a wide receiver who's not really that good, his name is Tutu Atwell, was running a deep crosser, okay? And the ball was so perfectly placed, the coverage was good, that Tutu Atwell was able to score a 60-yard touchdown. Garrett's got some of that. Now, he's not nearly as good as Matthew Stafford. I don't think anyone here would would agree with that. But he's got some of this elite ball placement and elite throwing ability that I think Garrett can get to the point where he is throwing people open, okay, where the coverage might be still very good, but he's still able to 
drop it in. And I'm really excited to see it. I, I really, really, really am. Um, because a lot of my uh, favorite quarterbacks growing up was was like that, right? Just guys, you it doesn't matter the coverage. It, the ball is just going to be put in there. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's here. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hide your kids, hide your wife. The master blasters here. Get another super chat for Desmond. All right, Desmond. Let's see what you got here. So you dropped it in chat. Let's go. Do you think LSU will have four or five assistants on defense? I hear LSU wants a special teams coach that only coaches special teams. Okay. Very good question. Now, let's chat special teams. All right, we touched on this briefly, but I'll I'll go a little bit longer. And Desmond, thank you for your supers. And because you are our first $20 super chatter, bang, we still haven't gotten a YouTube super chatter, so... Desmond, send me an email. I'll send you this BTJ card in the mail. It's for you, my brother. And uh, thanks for not only supporting me, but thanks for supporting my dear friend Van in higher learning. So Desmond has a very good question. Let's talk special teams. Having a special teams only coach. All right. My biggest concern with the LSU special teams going into this season was not having a special teams only coach. That makes very little sense to me, and it's something I disagreed with with Brian Kelly. I think Brian Kelly is a very good coach. But last year with the uh, special teams coaching, and Jared, thank you for the super. I appreciate you. And Kedrick with the cash app. Thank you, man. And Kedrick, we'll get to your question next. I hated the fact that LSU did not have a special teams only coach. I would have had John Chancic just do the special teams. And then this next season, I really don't know how everything was was delegated last year. But when Jimmy Lindsay couldn't coach the defensive line last year, it then became a, a real collaborative effort, not only on special teams, but on the defensive line, right? Where Bob Diaco was doing... Um, some of the linebacker, some of the special teams, Jancic was with the defensive line, and we didn't have a defensive line coach, but he was still doing some special teams. And you saw last year this, the, the defensive line, which could have three guys drafted, four in UDFA camps next year. I I couldn't believe it. I, I just couldn't believe it. It was a disaster, our defense. Our special teams was better from the year before, but since it was so bad from the the, the the two years ago, it really was a situation where LSU could only go up, okay? And we touched on this in a recent live show. I don't remember which one, but part of grading the LSU special teams, and Mark, thank you for the cash app. I appreciate you. Part of grading these special teams where things get difficult is something called sample size, okay? We never stopped anybody. 
So when you don't stop anybody, guess what? You don't have a whole lot of punt returns. We also never got stopped. So guess what? We didn't really have a whole lot of punts. So you then factor in, we had a lot of kickoffs through the back of the end zone, not only for us, but against us. And because we had such a high touchdown percentage as an offense, we didn't really kick a whole lot of field goals. And because our defense was the worst in the SEC when it comes to touchdown percentage, we didn't really hold a whole lot of people to field goals outside of the Missouri game where Harold Perkins almost blocked two. Okay. Um, or And he affected two. And he made the best kicker in the country or one of the best kickers in the country um, miss twice. So it is amazing. Um how little special teams had an influence on any of our games because of those things that we just talked about. Um, so while the special teams had positive regression this past season, it is without reasonable doubt that next year our special teams is going to have an increase in importance just because our defense is going to be better and our offense is probably going to be worse because we had one of the best offenses of all time. Our offense is still going to be really good, but it's just not going to be as good. So punting is going to be more important and our defense is going to be better. So if our defense is going to be better, that means punt return is going to be more important if that makes sense. So, also, our touchdown percentage on both offense and defense is probably going to have some regression back to the mean. So that means field goals are going to be more important. Now, this is where it gets very interesting. If LSU elects to keep John Jancic as their special teams coach, could there be a situation where LSU is bold enough to make a switch at kicker? All right. Now, by all accounts, Aaron Burrell is going to be one of the most hyped kickers ever at LSU. Okay. Comes in from Parkway High School, has an absolutely monster leg, top five kicker uh, in the Coles kicking ranking. And maybe he's a guy. This is a guy that Brian Kelly singled out in the recruiting press conference, Aaron Burrell. So, is he someone that's our new field goal kicker, or is he just a kickoff specialist? All right. Um, but, yeah. Now, let's follow up here. Kedrick, let me know what your question is. Mick, I'm glad you got it in the mail, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for rocking the PHL merch. Hope you get some more. Desmond, I love that name on Instagram. Y'all, man, I'm married to a Cowboys fan. It's sad. It's sad watching this go down, y'all. It's sad. Okay. Yeah, Mac, I, I don't know about Chilton. 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah, so you really don't know until you actually are in that environment. But kickers are so laser-focused that it probably doesn't affect him too much. Um, Kevin, what's up, my good friend Kevin? Good to see you. <laughs> BK wants to have 20 defensive coaches. I mean, when you factor in all the analysts and film watchers, sure. Okay, sure. Dev says Kyron. Okay. But Desi, this was a really good question. I appreciate your support, brother. York. Pat Sertan or Mike Mickens. Ask the power. I like that. I love Pat Sertan, though. I love that his son, okay, in Alabama, uh, he played in Alabama, obviously, he shunned us on signing day. But he actually clapped back at a fan on Twitter. That's always hilarious. All right, let's go to Dead Eye Jed. Why doesn't BK hire Greg McMahon as a special teams coach? Yeah, it's, it's I don't know. Greg McMahon is the best special teams coach ever at LSU. Um, I think he is. There might be some disagreement there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he was such. Uh, an Orgeron guy. And I think he's been at Tulane. So there you go. Kedrick super chance and I bring up the Cowboys. I'm so sorry about that. I didn't know you're a Cowboys fan as well. He wants Dak gone by tonight. How about this? Cowboys get rid of Dak and they draft Jaden Daniels. And it's Jaden Daniels, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks next season. Shucks, that, that tight end Ferguson went off today. Let's go to Memphis. Good to see you. Memphis, is this you with, with, with the GOAT? With the Heisman Trophy winner? What's up, Memphis? Do you think we have a shot at Ryan Williams? Okay. Um, that's 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 awesome, man. Um, so for those that don't know, Ryan Williams is the uh, is the five star wide receiver who has LSU in his top five. Now, why are we talking about a high school commitment this late in the process? Well, he was committed to Alabama. So, what's he going to do? I mean, he could pick LSU. So, yeah, I think LSU has a shot in that aspect. I actually watched one of his high school games earlier this year. I'll say this about every Alabama player that has entered the portal. 
we have a shot at all of them. I'm just going to say it because you can make any assertion with player X from Alabama. All right. Amari Nyblack entered the portal today from Alabama. He is a very talented tight end. Very talented. And I have no idea what he's doing because Kalen DeBoer knows how to use tight ends. He does a lot of these tight end kind of slips and whatnot. I have no idea what Nine Black is doing, especially since Isaiah Bond is gone. Okay. The one thing that's crazy to me is, well, so many of these kids were at Alabama just to play for Nick Saban. Okay. And Isaiah Bond goes to Texas. I wasn't able to verify that photo of him in the Lamborghini. Um, it, it was posted. It looked like it was a Snapchat. And Steve Sarkeesian learned the best under Nick Saban. I really do believe this. Nick Saban retired the same year the Dodge Challenger was discontinued. It's a true story. So Dodge Challenger gets discontinued. Saban knows his program is dust. Where did Isaiah Bond post a photo in Austin? At a Lamborghini dealership. Okay? It's not hard, folks. Give elite weapons a whip. You'll get their signature. Even if it's an NIL loan deal and they got to give it back. You're telling me, 20, 21, 22-year-old kid, I get to ride around in a Lambo, catch passes from a pocket quarterback? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Mark, you get the next uh, topic. Kedrick, any topic you want to get to, we'll do that. Uh, Ty Chris, I appreciate your super from a while back. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I agree. That is true, though, to Nick's credit. I might be in the minority here, but I would prefer a Mercedes over a Lambo. Nick Saban does own like 50 Mercedes dealerships or something like that. You know, th this is the one thing I never understood about Nick Saban, okay? And this is the one thing I think was so wrong about the Jimbo Fisher situation. So many people made a big deal about the buyout, and he did get an extraordinary buyout payment. But ultimately, your program is nothing if you don't get the head coach right. Assistant coaches give you a huge boost, especially if you weren't good at that position coach prior. So a guy like Bo Davis is really going to move the needle. Coordinators really, really, really matter. Head coaches are 70% of your program. It's just how it is. Okay. Nick Saban was ferociously underpaid as a head coach of Alabama. 
ferociously. I honestly think a fair deal for him would have been $20 million a year. I'm serious. Um, and uh, and yeah, if you, if you have a good head coach and they win football games, changes your entire city's economy. It's crazy to me. Absolutely crazy to me. Okay. Give me struck. What the, I don't know what struck is. Okay. Zachary, good to see you. Desmond's a charge. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh, the challenge. Oh, you got a challenger. Okay. So I guess Lambos are big in Austin. I didn't know that, Sylvia. It's it's kind of strange. You wouldn't have thunk that. I'm going to Dallas in a few weeks uh, with the wifey for Annie, our first Annie, and um, I, I got to get some Texas barbecue. I'm a Terry Blacks fanatic, and there is one in Dallas. So I definitely want to I want I want to get there. Okay. That is true. The television networks pay the salary. They are they are the 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 the, the big wigs. Oh, a truck. You would take a truck over a car. Okay. Here's the thing I don't understand about trucks. All right. I understand we're in the south. And we, we got to have the big truck. We got to have got to have the thing cranked up. And you got to have the the truck nuts at the back. Now you got to have the whole thing. All right. You got to have the neon lights under. You got to have the Jason mask. One thing, here's the thing about truck owners I don't get. All right. Is 90% of the time you don't have anything in the back that you're actually hauling. I think Skipper, I don't think Skipper's in here. He told me it's better to have and want instead of want and not have. And I get it. I get it. But go rent a U-Haul if you actually got to haul some. I got a little Camry. I'm able to put... Um, now I'm upgrading a lot of stuff soon, so I won't be able to do it anymore. I'll, I'll take Haley's, um, SUV, but for a lot of DJ gigs, I'm able to just take my camera 
and pack everything in there. We're talking about lights, uh, stands, all kinds of stuff. Speakers. I love it. So, Rob, you don't do the... I don't really see those as much anymore. I wasn't saying you had them. But, like, once in a blue moon, you still see them. But for a while, they were in style, man. You know I'm talking about those little iron ones at the bottom. I'm like, dang, come, son. That's exactly what I need to see on the highway. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, you drive around in a coffin dolly? What, Cole? Huh? 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 Yes, Kedrick, we've talked about this before. Uh, you you have a special day coming up uh, in Austin, of all places. I'm pretty sure we. Th- I'm pretty sure I was talking to you about that. So hit me up if if you're in the Discord or hit me up an email, whatever. All right, here's what we're going to do. In the next 10 to 15 minutes, I'm going to answer as many questions as we possibly can. As many as I humanly possibly can. If you've not gotten yours in or if I've not seen it yet, I will answer it. But if you super chat, we'll keep going. And I'll answer your question immediately. Immediately, because we got some bad weather coming. And I am ready for it. Okay. Ford F-150, let's go. But yes, Kedrick, I show up, play music, man. Not like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna think I'm Jazzy Jeff, though, as a scratch guy. That's just... I wish I was that good. Learning. Trying to learn how to scratch like Jazzy. That guy freaking floats on the controllers, and it's crazy. All right. Dontre Robinson looking to leave Texas. Okay. Seeing the Master Blaster floating around here. BT's in here as well. BT, one of our sharpest viewers. Dante, good to see you. Once again, always check your sources. Mikey's in here as well. Lots of smart peeps in here. Let's see. This is a good question from Sibley. Do I think Bama gets to 10 wins next season? Probably not, um, but you know it is amazing how good Kalen DeBoer has been as a head coach. Am I a Dallas Star fan? That's random. That Jesse brings up hockey. Hockey, yo, bring up hockey. Really? And of course, the only time that hockey's good is if you're there. And I agree. Hockey is a very fun sport to be there. I still got 
believe it or not, it's one of the few things I still have around me at all times is my Golden Knights ticket from a few years ago. Stanley Cup champion Golden Knight ticket. But hockey? You bring up hockey? Of all the infinite amount of sports that are better, you could have brought up croquet. You could have brought up what Texas A&M is good at, meat judging. I would have preferred go to a meat judging co- Watch a meat judging competition. Then hockey. And out of nowhere, you say, are you a Dallas Star fan? What? In the Gordy Howe, Chris Chelios, Patrick Wall, Wayne Gretzky comment is that? Hockey. 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 Yo, there's there's an infinite amount of sports. And hockey? Well, Carter, here's the the thing. You go to a hockey match, and you won't believe what happens. They they, they fight. True. And the fighting in hockey is crazy. And the bravery to go out there with guys going to 50 gazillion miles per hour and one false step, a blade, can bleed you out at the neck. That stuff is scary. And I have... Nothing but respect. Those are the manliest men. It's a tiring sport. You got all the shift changes. And being on a match is great. But watching on TV? Hockey. Hockey. Everybody, welcome John. Good to see you. A meat judging competition. I would watch just to see what meat judging is. That's the last sport Texas A&M has won a national championship in, is meat judging. That was the last one. How? How is that even a thing? How did that even become a thing? It was someone just sitting around saying, you know what? You know what would be a great sport? How about we get someone out here to judge freaking ribeyes? Just slap a brisket and see, oh, man, this, this meat is tender. Meat judging. It's actually it's an actual thing. Dex ain't it. That's how they won their last national championship. All right. Hey, sauce boy, don't. Don't 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 hate don't don't hate it unless you've seen it. Rod's making some jerky right now. Let's go to Scooby. I said I would get back into some women's basketball discussion. 
He says, not to change the narrative, but Haley Van Lith ain't nowhere near the player she thought she was. She can't create or pass. And defensively, um, she could be a liability. All right. I'm not going to put too much on Van Lis's plate uh, here because the best player, uh, not named Angel Reese, on this team struggled today. It was Michaela Williams. She's a true freshman. It was a raucous road environment. She just was not herself. And she is a shooter. Dude, I have never in, in all my life seen rims as brutal as Auburn. Okay, now what do I mean by that? Well, Auburn's rims, no shot bounces in. They only bounce out. Now, I don't know if it's the rim or how the ball is inflated or whatever. That's not why we lost. I'm just pointing out on both teams, there were a lot of shots that rattled out today in obnoxiously high amount. Michaela Williams is a distant shooter. So, you know, it, it just wasn't her day. Defensively, though, was where things really began to fall apart. LSU's not really that deep of a team. Um, and, yeah, you know, when when I've watched LSU women's basketball, it's tough because a lot of the games are on when, you know, I'm, I'm live streaming. When I watch a good bit of the game, where, like, I thought Anissa Mora was going to be really good. I've already started buying a lot of her cards. She had another decent game today. And we knew Angel Reese was was going to Angel. Um, but Flache has been a lot better this year. You know, one kind of thing lost last year was during the March Madness run, Flage never really had that dominant game. And this year she's been really good. But Haley Van Litt has been a dis- disappointment. I do wonder a few things, okay? The first, and I understand this is an excuse, but... She played in a lot of these three-on-three tournaments. Maybe that's having an effect on her. You know, you play a lot of these three-on-three games. You're not really doing a whole lot of, like, full-court sprints. It's a lot of half-court stuff. And it's a lot easier to get your shot up in a three-on-three environment. It's just such a completely different sport. Uh, I'd be interested to see if there's any other players who have struggled um, playing, you know, three-on-three and getting back into the five-on-five stuff. The second is at Louisville, she was the team. And here, she is at best the fourth best player on this team. Um, Obviously, Angel Morrow and and Michaela are are ahead of her. And that's tough for a player who's kind of ball dominant. And the third is just athleticism. You know, she's undersized. Uh, She gives people like me uh, hope (laughs) because, you know, almost all levels of basketball is just – well, the men's side is just anywhere from 6'4 to 6'10 or above wing people, right? And Haley Van Lith, even though it's women's, she's undersized, right? She's not um, she's not like an incredible athlete like a Flage or, or Moro. Um, and they're elite. They're elite athletically. So that's tough, I, I don't know if the fit is is just tough for her, 
But I do think there is room for improvement, and hopefully it it gets solved. But one thing I would also say about Van Lith is today LSU situationally wasn't that great. And there were times last year where situationally in tight, close games, they it's 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 not the smoothest, right? You saw this in the Tennessee game that they lost uh, in the SEC tournament last year, and you saw it today. Um, for those that watch the game, take the final possession. Um, you're down by two, and I don't mind down by two. All your guards are struggling. Give it to Angel Reese and let her decide it. What you do need to tell her, though, is you're down by two. There's no need to dribble the clock down, okay? LSU is a really good second-chance rebounding team. So tell Angel Reese if she's going to go one-on-one to go quickly. The next thing is if we're going to do that, why would two of your players be on the blocks to clog the lane? You've got to clear things out. So that was very poor from from LSU on on all fronts, and the transition D was was bad today. So, you know, I obviously love this team, Kamulki and Bob Starkey, and all of them are are, are the best. Um, Rita Swartz, the whole brain trust there. But the today was tough, and they'll learn, they'll build from it, and they'll be ready by tournament time. But they were going to lose some of these because they are getting their absolute best efforts and. Every game that they played on the road basically this year has been a sellout. So that kind of stuff just catches up to you. And uh, some of the depth, not having a Terry pool anymore, obviously is uh, caught up to them today. So, um, yeah, AP, but I, I don't I don't mind the turnover there because she was set up to fail, right? Um, POA her defender was the one who ripped it. If you are going to tell Angel Reese to go one-on-one in that situation, the floor needs to be spread out to where if your help side defender comes in, you can kick it out to Poa for the game winning three. Okay. Um, It was a bad turnover, but we've got, we, we as a team have got to be smarter. Okay. Maybe Danny's right here. Uh, Maybe, yeah, so Brock, you noticed it too, all right? Maybe Poa needs to be the starting point guard, and you just build the offense from there. I don't know, but what I can tell you is Anissa Morrow is so freaking good, and her role is perfect. Flajay steps up, and she's been good. Angel's been angel. Um, Michaela had a tough day, a tough day, and we're just going to need everyone else to just step up around, uh, around those players, and uh, and and we'll be good to go. Uh, you know, for me, I think this team will still go to the Final Four and play Iowa at some point, and I think that's what we all want. LSU, Iowa, for the whole shebang bang. Part two. Maybe Michaela Williams should be 
the starter. Okay. Maybe Van Lift is, is hurt. Um Yeah, I don't I don't know. And and that goes back to the three on three thing. She played a lot of basketball on different surfaces too. Okay. Let's get uh an, another super here. Brian says, Carter, who would help their program more? Bo Davis or T. Robinson? Can Bo Davis and people help LSU compare with Georgia in recruiting? Yeah, so this is actually a really good super chat. Um, one final thing before I get back into football here. Uh, I am re- I've been really impressed with Matt McMahon, though. Okay? This is a guy who knows everyone in Baton Rouge does not like him or does not think he's that good, especially considering how good um, – especially considering how good freaking um, – the LSU women's team has been, but also how good Will Wade has been at, at McNeese. So shout out to Matt McMahon. But obviously, I want to focus mostly on the women's team uh, because you know they're, they're one of the biggest stories in sports, and it's just it's just how it is. Uh, but shout out to Jalen Cook and everybody on that team. I think Michaela Williams is about to go on a run like we've never seen before. You know, normally when these transcendent talents as a true freshman have like this one true freshman game. They get back to who they really are. And I think Michaela Williams, and obviously I'm very biased because she's been on the channel before. We have one of the few one-on-one interviews with her. So I could be wrong. But I think this is going to take her to another level. And I, I would not be shocked if we see a bunch of 20-point games in a row here. All right. Now, okay, this is very interesting. Okay. And I'll be brief on this. This is um this is from someone that's watching the stream. Okay, and this is from a Bama insider. All right, this is one Bama insider. I have not been able to confirm this, and it does matter. Uh, and one more thing on the LSU women's basketball team, my last thing. It's going to be so cool to see Rebecca freaking Lobo in Baton Rouge. They're doing a college game day for the LSU-South Carolina game coming up, um, and game day is going to be here. So it'll be Rebecca Lobo, uh, the uh, Andrea Carter, very good announcer, um, L. Duncan, shout out to her. Uh, I think she's awesome. And uh, Holly Rowe, I think, is going to be here. And then a few others. That's going to be awesome exposure for the school. We need as many LSU South Carolina matchups as we possibly can. And one thing I hope happens is I hope Don Staley and Kim Mulkey never like each other. I think when two A listers hate each other's guts, there's plenty of time when their careers are over they can make up, right? But it's a magic bird kind of thing. 
Don Staley, Kim Mulkey, the two best coaches out there. Forget Gino Oriyama. He's old news. These are the two best coaches. Okay. Carolyn Peck, that's the other announcer. Sam, what's up? Good to see you, man. Haley Van Litt is going to be healthy, and we're going to run the table. Forget South Carolina. Forget them. Okay. All right. So this is from one Bama insider that Tavares Robinson might be Alabama's defensive coordinator next year. So it's not sign, seal, deliver that he's at Georgia, even though Georgia's already announced that he's going to be their DB coach. Now, obviously, if he is the the the, the defensive coordinator in Alabama, he's going to go back to Alabama. Obviously, um, I would prefer him to go to Georgia because if he were to go back to Alabama, that means less of those Bama guys are going to transfer out on the defensive side of the football. So there you go. But he is one of the best coaches in the country. Okay. It's another reason why I want Carl Scott because Saban DB coaches are, are some of the best, right? Um, but can Bo Davis and, and Kevin Peoples help LSU com- compare with Georgia in recruiting? Yes. Um, you know, obviously, if we win 10 more games this season, get to a college football playoff, go on a little run in the playoff. With the 2025 and 2026 classes looking the way that they do now. Now, once again, this is a lot of heavy projecting. We'll see what Bryce Underwood and everyone does if they actually sign with LSU. I think that they are. Um, If it stands in place, LSU has a high likelihood of having back-to-back top five classes these next couple of years. Now, if Terry Bussey commits to LSU, this current class very well could sneak into that top five. I've not done my own projections or not. I just care if you're in the top 10 more often than not. But if you can get inside that top five, historically, that bodes really well for you. Um, so, yes, LSU is on a trajectory that they're going to have back-to-back top five classes. It would be a miracle if the 2025 class is not a top five class when it's all said and done because they have three top 10 five-star players, including by far the number one guy at the number one most important position. Then in the next class, Louisiana for the 2026s, they have most of the elite guys, number one D lineman, a bunch of other good pieces. So, that's obviously very early when it comes to projections. So, Brian, I know you're a big recruiting guy, especially in New Orleans. You're still going to have, obviously, uh, unless uh, unless he gets a head coaching job, you're still going to have Frank Wilson and Bo Davis. I mean, this is where he wants to be. He's going to be able to really sink his teeth into the program and get things going. And Coach Peoples has been very successful as a defensive line coach everywhere he goes. So our recruiting may actually get better, as crazy as that sounds even though BK has pieced together top 10 classes every year he's been here, we could actually go to another level. And I will tell you, as you guys have seen with the coaching staff, there is money to be had. 
Now, I'm going to give you one take at the end of this live stream. And by the way, if you super chat, we'll go straight to um, whichever topic you want to get into. Okay. I understand that there is a good number of you that want LSU to get more high profile transfers. Okay. This is a problem with getting high-profile transfers before you get position coaches and a framework in place before you move forward. Okay, number one, it, it could set jealousy in your locker room. It is, it's already crazy to think about potential locker room division when this guy gets more money than the other, Okay. What would create more locker room division is if a transfer makes more money than some of the guys that are already on the team. Some of the guys that have already put the blood, sweat, and tears into the program. They, they make more money than you do. Okay? So, before you go spend all this money on transfers, why not make sure you have coaches who are going to be there? Instead of one-year rental transfers that you're paying a million dollars to or 500K to or whatever the case may be, why not get the coaches who have proven to be successful? Okay? Pay those guys. And, you know, I, I've always been one of these people that have not dove too deep into what I've heard about NIL and all of that. But – you know, anytime someone has commented, hey, are we behind on NIL? I've always said, chill, chill, okay? Does LSU have deeper pockets as Texas A&M? Probably not. Texas, probably not. But the pockets are deep. Think about all the buyout money that's been paid, okay? Maybe. Get me out here. Brian Kelly wanted to get a staff in place. Pay those guys because they're they're the guys actually coaching. Okay. That'll be there from year to year, hopefully. So I also think there is going to be a strong push for 2025. Paying what needs to be paid. To make this one of the best recruiting classes we've ever had. Okay. Because I think BK feels this team next year might not be the team. Even though there are some things about this next year's team that sets up really, really, really nicely. Most notably your offensive line. But the next year might be the year. The 2025 LSU Tigers. But I wanted to bring that up because, you know, I I am one of these people that would tell you, hey, you know what? The Dumas Johnson guy, the, the, the Georgia linebacker, why don't we just go pay him to be our linebacker? We know he's good. Why don't, why don't we just go get why, – why don't we pay Andrew McCuba? Big-time safety, who I believe was once committed or, or thought to be committed to LSU. 
Went to Clemson, now he's at Texas. Sark gets a lot of these flashy transfers. Well, Sark, Sark's in year two, year three, year four of his of his rebuild, right? We're just now entering year three. Okay, we're having to change all these different coaches. He's not had to to make as many big time coaching changes as Brian Kelly's had to make. So I think this these last couple of weeks has been more focused on getting the coaches that we need to get, and then maybe we can go get a Jabbar Muhammad, big time DB who is really good at Washington. Okay. Carl Scott recruits uh, Brian Branch. Yeah, he's playing right now. Kool-Aid, Sertan, of course. Drew Sanders, great player at uh, Arkansas. And when he played at Alabama, he was just behind Dallas Turner and Will Anderson, both first-round recruit or first-round players, and the Brockermeyer twins, one of which was a five-star but didn't pan out. Okay? So – I appreciate each and every one of you. What a fun live stream. Kind of want to turn this. I'm a huge Matthew Stafford guy. I've always thought he's been really cool. And put, I'm going to put the game on in the background here. We got ourselves a close one. I'll take a few more here. I love chatting. I love chatting women's basketball in here, as you can tell. I really love watching them. I think it's so cool that Kim Mulkey's on the sideline. And, um, and you know, ever like obviously last year going to the Final Four was a big deal. But ever since I interviewed Michaela Williams, it's crazy to think that that might be like the biggest athlete interview I've ever done when her career is all said and done. Dude, this Puka Nakua guy is unreal, man. He is unfreaking real. Like, how many wide receivers in the NFL are better than this guy? Obviously, Jamar, Justin. Hill. We'll take a few more here. That's true, TJ. It's going to have a phone call soon, my brother. Let's go to JJ. I agree on getting great coaches, which BK seems to be doing. Concerns seem to be with these higher-profile transfers are coming and going while we wait to fill coaching spots, especially at DB. That's true. And trust me, JJ, it has been painful uh, because there are some guys that would be um, guys that I would love to pay for when it comes to um when it when it comes to uh 
ROI. I I think like Andrew Makuba would be someone that would fill a lot of needs for us. That's a guy that's proven to be a really, really good football player up to this point in his career. Um, But, you know, that's not what we've done up to this point. Um, and I, I know like there are some that would say, well, Carter position coaches are one thing, but it's nothing if you don't have any of the players and that's true. Okay. And there is a debate to be had, which is more important having better players or having better position coaches. Well, it's, it's players, right? But you know, position coach is someone that's going to be there with you hopefully for the next couple of seasons, right? Let's see here. But yeah, trust me, JJ, I I have wrestled with this for a long time. Like, because I I, I just think to myself, man, this is, let's just say it costs 250K to get a big time DB. That, that, that might be worth it, you know? So a few of you saying if it was Corey Raymond, it would have already been announced. I I don't know if that's true or not. Okay. And the reason why I say that, and this is not any insight. Okay. But I, I would say the money is where it gets interesting with, um, with the, with these coaches. Okay. Um, you know, so much has already been spent on assistance and you also have to factor in that if you promote Sloan and Hankton officially, they are going to need some type of bump in pay. All right. May not be a whole lot. Maybe it's none at all, but I would think that that would happen. So what does that look like? I don't know. I don't know.
had a chance. It took a while last year for them, and they, they made the playoff. So I, I don't think because it's taken this long that he is just out of the race. Okay. By the way, I'm just going to point this out. If you're not signed up for Underdog Fantasy, you need to sign up now. If you're outside the state of Louisiana, you're probably... You're probably eligible. Underdog Fantasy. Underdogfantasy.com. Bang. Bang. Promo code Carter. Dude, they're going to have to start making pass interference reviewable. I mean, you can't tug the back of the jersey like that, can you? I also don't know why they ran a play there to try and get all the 15 yards. That was also really stupid to return that punt. That should be an auto fair catch. Every single time. Chance. Part of the script. Okay. This is where I'll push back on you, Chance, with this. Because I know you've brought this up a few times. Who would the NFL be better off with winning this game? Would it be the biggest media market in the country? A team that just won the Super Bowl with a high-profile coach and a high-profile quarterback? Or would it be the Detroit Lions? Detroit's probably, I would guess, 15th biggest media market. Okay, let's see. Uh, Detroit is, wow, right on the money, 14. Not quite right, right on the money. Right there, 14. So LA is the number two media market, and they are the number one media market left in the playoff in Detroit. Okay, and the other LA team is out. Okay. Do you know how big of a number L.A., San Francisco would be next week. Even though it's two West Coast teams, it would be massive. Absolutely massive. Okay. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. There are some, there are some tricky things though. <laughs> I gotta, that was a funny follow-up. Maybe they need Eminem. Hot take. This is going to be the hottest take, uh, hottest NFL take. And this is why you're going to subscribe to my new NFL channel soon. Hottest NFL take is coming right here. The Eminem, Kendrick, Dre, Mary J. Blige, Snoop halftime show. Slightly overrated. Slightly. I thought it was good. I thought it was great that all these legendary artists shared the same stage. That is awesome. Slightly overrated halftime show. 
Rihanna will always be number one. And I'm just a massive Rihanna fan. But I know. Now y'all come after me with the Prince and Michael Jackson. And here. And the Hornsters are going to come out of here and say, no, Carter, it was JT and Janet Jackson. That was the best one. But, TJ, I know you missed my Saints rant earlier today. If y'all want to hear me talk to Saints earlier today, I flamed them. I can't believe the Saints brass probably watched today. All these great teams are offensive-minded. And the Saints have the worst OCQB combo in the league. Oh, what a cutback. Detroit in the Super Bowl would be awesome. LA is about to cover the spread, though. But no matter what happens in this game, like, for instance, as far as the script is concerned, would the NFL script writers prefer the Dallas Cowboys, the biggest brand in the sport, or the Green Bay Packers in the smallest media market in all of professional sports? It's definitely one of the smaller ones. I would call the timeout now for the Rams. Oh, don't let this go down to the two-minute. Oh, man. I would have called it there. Oh, no. Oh, man. Why? Dude, McVay is one of the best coaches. But when it comes to playoff clock management, this guy has not been good. Even in their Super Bowl run, where they almost choked it away versus the Buccaneers. You call the timeout in front of the two-minute warning. Okay, so for those that aren't watching, the two-minute warning, the, the Rams or the, the Rams are down by one, and the Lions are running the football. Okay, they have the football on their own 30-yard line. And there was 2.32 left to go in the clock. All right, and it was a fresh 40. You call the two-minute – you call the – Timeout ahead of the two-minute warning because it forces them to run the football on second down. They have to run the football on second down, okay, because you want to bleed the clock down automatically to get the two-minute warning out of the way. Because if you throw it on second and it's incomplete, guess what? You probably can't throw it on third. Because you give them the two-minute warning after the punt. Okay. But it ain't happening, TJ. It ain't. And and I, I'm already ready as a Saints fan. And I'll always admit this. I am not the biggest Saints fan. Okay? I'm, I'm not. And it's I'm not just saying that because we're kind of mid here. It's just... My team hierarchy has always been LSU number one, Liverpool number two, then Pelicans number three, 
And then the Saints are kind of in that range after that. Okay. But those have always been my big three. Did the, the, the Saints piss me off, man? I might be perf- uh, producing more short short form content. That'll be more on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, we'll also be posting a lot on Patreon. Lots of film studies coming up on Patreon, including CJ Daniels. Okay. Got it. That's the game right there. That's it. The sun god. Can they knee it? Yeah, they can kneel it. It's game. The Lions freaking get it done. The Lions get a playoff win. If the Lions are getting playoff wins. Hmm. It's kind of poetic years ago. Do you remember um, the Lions had a controversial call? It was one of the Stafford teams versus the um, – Cowboys. So when the Cowboys get killed today and the Lions win today. Okay. And then I, I who who was at that Saints playoff game versus Alliance? Who who remembers that? Drew Brees going up against Alliance team that Calvin Johnson and, and Stafford. I also saw Stafford in that uh 
in that sugar bowl versus Hawaii. What a game. Stafford, dude. Stafford. Waits 32 years? That's wild, dude. 1992. Insane. Me too, Alan. I was very young. Exactly. So you remember that game, dude. They were screwed. Now, that was definitely one of those. Is there a script writer moments? Now, top super chatters tonight. Jared, BT, JJ. Number one, though, was Desmond via Cash App. Also, shout out to Kedrick. Shout out to Mark. Really appreciate you guys because this is how I make a living. Your donations. And obviously, make a few money via AdSense and all that stuff, but... Thank you so very much. Okay. Also, I'd like to thank our friends at Louisiana Controls, LouisianaControls.com, Underdog Fantasy, UnderdogFantasy.com. All the info is right down below. 
Power Hour, LSU. Bah! And tonight, we are doing... Gumbo. My mom made gumbo. And she told me to come get some. And I got some to go. Let's go. Stay warm out there. Let's go.